The following podcast series was recorded between January and December of 2015. Originally hosted on the Horophilia Podcast Network, it has now transitioned to the Podcast Under the Stairs Collective. Myself and Andy Blockley would like to extend our gratitude once again to Jason Lloyd at the Horophilia Podcast Network for giving this podcast an opportunity to stay on that network for a couple of years and accumulate hundreds of downloads and great communication with legions of fans. The next instalment of the Doing the Nasty podcast looking at the DPP third tier movie list will start January 2020. Duncan McLeish will be joined by Mark Ball who will be replacing Andy Blockley on this podcast and will release one episode each month covering two films from the Tier 3 DPP video nasty list. But until that season drops, please enjoy these archives. They were called nasties and they were nasty. Some of the things that we've seen are so horrific. These films not only affect young people, but I believe they affect adults as well. An extravaganza of gory violence, capable of depraving and corrupting those who watched it. I have never seen the video, Mister. I wouldn't. I actually don't need to see what I know is in that film. Welcome back to another episode of Doing the Nasty Podcast. We are on episode number 16. I am one of your hosts, Duncan McLeish, from the podcast Under the Stairs, joined as always by my co-host with the most, one half of the big horror and little podcast is, of course, Mr. Andy Blockley. How are you doing, sir? How do? Yeah, I'm really good, thanks. Episode 16, unbelievable. Slight change, isn't there, to the lineup? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, are we pointing out my deliberate mistake right at the start, yeah? Yeah, just get that out of the way, and then we can, uh, we can just move on. <laughs> right, so um, I created a list right before this podcast started of all, well, what I thought were all 72 movies, and um, we've had that list for a while, it schedules out all the shows every two weeks, what date the show will be released, what movies we have to watch, and... Um, it wasn't until right after we finished recording the previous episode, I went to like try and locate the movies, as you do, and I realised that um, I may have made a mistake. I looked at first like I had missed a movie, but that didn't make sense because we're doing three movies each episode, and mm. three is equally divisible into the number 72, so that didn't make any sense. Until I realised I somehow managed to miss three movies. Um, Which is handy, because... <laughs> Then we didn't spot it because it was three and we would have just turned along. You could pretend it was a deliberate mistake to see if people are listening. It's too late now. <laughs> but the thing is, the thing that's really weird about it is the three movies are movies that we have yet to review. So it's not as if we'd missed like earlier movies. You know, we we did Yeah, very, very lucky. Um so yeah, so as a slight change to the lineup, um we are doing what are the movies we're doing this week, Andy? Right, we have got Deep River Savages, a.k.a. Man from Deep River, a.k.a. Sacrifice, um, a.k.a. Yeah. Dances with Wolves and cannib- with Cannibals. <laughs> <laughs> um, also Delirium, uh, a.k.a. Psycho Puppet, and uh, Don't Go in the House. So this Delirium was the one that was missed. 
wasn't it? We thought we had another don't movie. Um, so we just got two, oh, yeah. two don't movies next week and then a really fucking good one as well with Evil Dead. Um, yeah, next week's going to be badass. And can I just say right up front, I was struggling like fuck to get my hands on a copy of Delirium. Me too. Um, could not get it at all, and uh, I, I kind of put the call out to a good friend of this show and fellow podcaster, Jeff X. Martin from Kiss the Goat, and um, Jeff, within about 25 minutes, had sourced a copy of it and forwarded it on, so that is the copy that's on the Facebook page, and it will yep. remain up there until we record the next episode, at which time I'll take it down, so although I will say this, Jeff went to a hell of a lot of trouble tracking down this movie for me, and... I'm just going to put this out here right before we even start reviewing. This could be one of my least favourite nasties that mm. I've watched. I thought it was a fucking horrendous movie. Yeah. Um, so, Don't blame Jeff, though. Uh, it's and, not Jeff's fault. <laughs> yeah, part of me kind of wishes that we just never saw it, but then that's not... In sp- in keeping in the spirit of the show but yeah when I say horrendous I don't mean as in oh my god it's so horrific the accident no I just like no. terrible but fucking if movie. we had have accidentally missed that one it really would not have been much of a tragedy would it no not at all not at all I actually feel worse about myself now having seen the movie so yeah <laughs> god right Andy as we do at the beginning of every show I, I should ask you what you've been up to but I gather it's probably the same as the last time I spoke to you very Dick similar very similar. Um, I uh, got some tattooed and I got my space sleeve finished, more or less. Um, oh, very nice. There's about an hour left on it, just a few bits of touch up in that. Basically, I had quite a small space on my forearm, so it's just been filled with some biomech. Uh, I've just sent you that through a little picture. Not really very good for the listeners. It doesn't make very good podcasting sending you a photo, but yeah, that's what it was. Um, and then, yeah, bathroom shit. Uh, the tiling's done. Rachel is decorating literally as we speak um, and then I'm tiling the floor, putting the new toilet on at the weekend and that should hopefully be pretty much done. Uh, let me just interject here to say that tattoo is cool as fuck. Cheers, mate. Yeah, thanks a lot. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, pretty much done. Like I say, about an hour left and I'll be all completo down to the wrist. So, yeah, just need... Then you get that thing where you're just constantly trawling for new ideas and thinking, oh, what can I get to the next? <laughs> Yeah, I know how that. You know, I know how that goes. Yeah. So, what have you been? Um, not a whole hell of a lot, actually. Uh, I'm still kind of cramming my head full of uh, Vincent Price and uh, Christopher Lee movies. Yeah, uh, for the podcast well, yeah. downstairs. Yeah. Um, really looking forward to this week coming when the episode that you were on drops. So that'll ah, be a lot of fun. And um, yeah, just adding to my collection of uh, of Blu-rays. Uh, which we've now gone past the stage of having like a manageable pile of unwatched Blu-rays to like uh, like a shelf and a half of unwatched Blu-rays, um, which is not good. It's not good, and I keep seeing more that I could buy, and it doesn't help when Amazon throw curveballs like spend fifty pound today, you'll get a tenner off. Um, Wankers! I did it twice. Did you did you use it twice? What did you get? Oh, nothing too interesting the first time, just uh, the new electric shower that we needed, so I just got a tenner off of that. But the second time, where I uh, used my dad's account, was the Hellraiser Scarlet box set, which is fucking awesome. It's not out till October, but you can pre-order it and get you 10 quid off, and they don't take the payment until it comes out. So, yeah, 40 quid for that, absolute bargain. Did you get that as well? 
Yeah, I got um, my birthday is the end of September, and um, I've already like the the last the kind of October slate of Arrow releases were just incredible. It could be like my favorite month for for releases. Uh, they have uh, like a a Fulci deluxe double movie box set coming out, um, and and they obviously on the same month they announced that the Hellraiser one, two, and three box set was coming out, and. Um, I was like, I need to have this, uh, but I have been warned very nicely by my my uh, beloved that I uh, have a tendency to go a bit daft on these sort of things, so yeah. I may, should maybe calm down. Um, so, in, in classic conniving husband fashion, I said to her, you know, you're struggling for ideas for my birthday, why don't you get me this and it'll save you a tenner. So, <laughs> so. Thing is, like, it is awesome. Like, there's it, there's so many documentaries. Like, Clive Barker's been well on board, so there's loads of stuff with him. There's a 200 page booklet, like a 200 page. It's a hardback book basically that you get, um, talking about the entire production of the Hellraiser movies, the Scarlet Gospels. It just looks immense. I think it's a fucking bargain. Uh, 50 quid, I thought, was a little bit too expensive, but for 40 quid, I was like, oh, got to do it, mate. 40 quid, bang on, ordered it. Yeah, and, and and Grant Henderson, who's recently started listening to the show, um, and who has like what I can only describe as whenever there's a mention a, a mention of a movie, he seems to have the box set. <laughs> yeah. He seems to have the Arrow release. Like they they just get posted all the time. And he had said that he had actually pre-ordered originally through Arrow and cancelled that right away. Okay, cancelled cool. his pre-order with Arrow yeah. and then straight onto Amazon. And I think a lot of people I saw on the Blu-ray forum on uh, Facebook that people were just saying, you know, if you were still kind of on the fence about getting this purchase today as they day do it because that was yeah. the only day they were doing that deal so uh, yeah so um, out, out with that not a, not a lot I'm obviously in training still um, of course yeah and that's that's going that's going quite well I'm down eight pounds in in, uh, in two weeks wow that's so, awesome yeah doing doing fairly well started going to the gym which you would think it's fun Andy the gym should be fun should be a fun place, and um, I'm I'm a, a a big believer in signs of fate. You know, fate sending you a sign. And um, my very first day of my induction in the gym, um, I forgot to take my mobile phone out of my pocket. Oh no! I thought you were going to say you forgot your kit, and you had to do it in your vest and pants. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, like high school. Um, yeah. I, I I rolled my trousers up and I, my phone fell out and the screen smashed, oh, which cost me a hundred pound at the weekend oh, to replace. So brutal. That's a clear sign telling me I shouldn't go. It is, yeah. <laughs> that's it. It's bad luck. It's that's an omen. A black butterfly. It might as well have landed on you at the gym, and that's bad luck. Just don't never go again. That's it now. Finito. <laughs> so yeah. So uh, out with that. Not a lot, but we have three movies uh, to discuss tonight. Mm. And, um, and yeah, this is going to be fun because last week we made a statement like we were feeling so much more confident in the unprosecuted list for delivering back. just better movies. And then we got this week, <laughs> which is depressing. So um, I think we should just take a short break just now. Uh, Johnny Krug will come in as always. We'll have to kick the show with some Johnny Krug. And then right after that, uh, you'll hear some learned folks talking about our first movie, Deep River Savages from 1972. Myself and Andy will be right back after this. Do you like movie reviews that are insightful, thought-provoking, and delivered by somebody who's trained to critically dissect every aspect of a motion picture? without ever having to use obscenities. 
then you've got the wrong show. Kruger Nation Horror Podcast is ready to feed your slasher movie and exploitation needs. There'll be more blood, expletives, and titties than you can shake your grandma's beetle flaps at. Visit www.krugernation.com. So here's the 1972 movie that started the whole exploitation cannibal craze in Italy. Deep River Savages by Umberto Lenzi. It says here, from the makers of the chart-topping film Cannibal. Not true. That, of course, was Ruggiero Diodato. And this one, as I said, is by Umberto Lenzi. Lenzi would return to the cannibal genre later on in his career with Cannibal Ferox and Eaten Alive. And at this time, cannibalism didn't really feature that much in this movie, also known as Man from Deep River. Um, His tribal bride was played by Mimi Lai, famous in Britain for being a hostess on Bob Monkhouse's quiz show, The Golden Shot. Apart from the monkey scene, there was an alligator being gutted for real, there was a mongoose attacking a snake all which sort of led the DPP to really come down heavily on this movie. It was rejected outright in 1975 when it was submitted under the title The Man from Deep River. Thailand. A country where two-thirds of the jungle is still unexplored. Here, death reigns. They didn't know what kind of animal he was. They'd never seen a white man before. And he had never seen such brutality. You murderers! Murderers! Barbaric violence was the law they lived by. And welcome back. So let's kick this off, Andy. Let's kick it off in style, um, I think. Or maybe not. No, Uh, no, this is good, this. This is controversial, this one. It, it, yeah, <laughs> like the, this is this is controversial. Um, yeah, well, there'll be plenty to talk about. So yeah, um, remember when we remember when we joked about Cannibal Ferox, and we'd said like Umberto Lenzi had clearly clearly lied when he said, "Oh, this is not a ripoff of Cannibal Holocaust." Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it turns out like like seven years before, he'd already made a cannibal movie. Yep. Which has a lot of this stuff. <laughs> Maybe it's not as graphic as Cannibal Holocaust, but there's some animal violence in this movie. Um, just, I think just, Lindsay did it first. Yeah, he did it first. So Deep River Savages from 1972, directed by Umberto Lindsay. On IMDb, they described this movie as a photographer in the rainforest is captured by wild natives as opposed to just ordinary natives. These are wild yeah, natives. Yeah, normally normal domesticated house yeah. train. <laughs> These natives are having a rave, a bit of a party. Uh, they're wild. <laughs> uh, and after months of living with them, he marries the chief's daughter and helps protect the village from a vicious cannibal tribe. This kind of skips out the whole bit where he's used as a slave and tortured. Yeah, but um, that's just initiation. Is, it, <laughs> is, is, that, is, that what, is that what passes just, is? Just part of the deal, that. It's, it's a bit um, like very similar to Avatar and Dances with Wolves, isn't it? Yeah, just just a just a tad. This is the precursor for it all. This is Ground Zero. Um, yeah, uh, I kind of assumed, maybe in my naivety, that uh, now we were in the unprosecuted list, Andy, um, mm. and having seen some movies in the unprosecuted list, that our days of cannibal movies 
may be behind us, or maybe maybe I should go one step further. Not or you know, cannibal movies were behind us, but um, animal violence, torture, and death may be behind us. And um, turns out, just want to put that out there that uh, that that's not that's not the case. And I would just I- like to also congratulate episode sixteen as being the 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 episode that welcomes back the lovely topic of rape. Yay! Hooray! Yep. <laughs> Couple of times. This is mental. Like, am I? Obviously, we'll get into this. But my mind is. This is fucking blowing my mind. How this is not on the original list. I don't understand. I know I'm kind of giving away what I'm doing. I think about the movie, but fuck me. Some of the animal violence is like. I don't know. Like some of it is is worse than some of it from Cannibal Holocaust. Like, yeah. There's no there's no prolonged suffering like the particular scene with the. Uh, Whatever I can't remember what the it is turtle. now. Uh, no, the muskrat thing. Not it's. Oh yeah, but you do see a monkey get his head cut on. Yeah, it's quick though, isn't it? It's it's over quite quick. Yeah. Um, but then there is other stuff that literally goes on for about two minutes. Yeah. But we'll get yeah. into that anyway. But yeah, I forget this is mental. I honestly did not think I would ever see a movie like this in the other, you know, in the drop yeah. list. I did. So, it kind of floored me, and I, you you kind of gave me the heads up. You watched this before me, where you were basically like, "Remember how we said we couldn't understand that Evil Speak was yeah. a movie that was on the prosecuted list?" Well, we've just found the reverse of that. I can't mm. believe Deep River Savage. And then you, you you listed them out. You're like that. We've already had rape and animal animal violence torture, and I was like, "Oh fuck." So mm. I was kind of, I was sat down kind of prepared to see, but I wasn't prepared for the animal violence. Now, I know in the past we have we have said up front that in terms of Cannibal Holocaust, whilst we condone what was used in the movie, we understand its purpose in the movie and we understand it's what gives it the impact. It doesn't necessarily mean we agree with it, but we understand yeah. why it's there. Yeah. I just want to say... I don't understand the animal violence in this movie at all. I'm going to say that I do. Um, right. Should we wait till we get to it? I, I kind of got a, a, the reason why I think it's been put in there. Right. I know, I know why it's been put in there, but I just don't think it's like I don't think it adds anything to the movie at all, other than to shock. It's not used as the same device in Cannibal Holocaust, which is to offset the the real violence against the or the real death to the fake death. It's, it's you yeah. know there as a psychological tool. It is purely in this movie shock, and um, it is. But it's also I think probably quite realistic. So I mean we might as well just get into it. Then the, a couple of examples is a cockfight, um, cockerels, yep. not two men like <laughs> whacking their nose. Yeah. Um, and a cobra versus a mongoose. Yeah. Now, I think this just demonstrates what tribes people or people in this particular area of the world do for entertainment. This is basically them sticking the UFC on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's their equivalent. But, yeah, and that's probably I'm, what they would be doing. Um, yeah, but I'm not... I'm not saying I agree with it. I think it's horrendous because the animals are clearly suffering. In distress, yeah, they're in a, a lot yeah. of shit. But I don't, yeah, I think you can do that without, I think you can very, very clearly show what native, natives of wild tribes in Amazon or Burma or wherever this is set do for fun without showing animal violence. I, I, mm. I don't think, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's right in this movie. That mongoose snake sequence mm. is, is pretty fucking horrible and it's not as graphic as seeing a turtle get its inside ripped open and still it's not like that it's just the fact that two animals are being 
pitted against each other for entertainment with a camera lurking on it while both animals they're clearly both in distress among and, and mongoose is like, impervious to cobra venom or something yeah mongoose well a mongoose it's, it's not even just that they're impervious to cobra venom um i think they have like a i think they have a high tolerance for it right but generally that's you know if you if you had an infestation of snakes you would bring mongoose or mm. mongoose and to take them out because that's what they do you know that they, they they are one of those creatures kind of like the honey badger uh, yeah and that they, 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 you know they're just a natural they're the natural predator to the snake because um, that's the thing like in this instant obviously the the mongoose does win the fight um yeah. but it goes on for fucking ages like the snake obviously that's the, you know the difference between something like watching a boxing match where it's two consenting human beings and these are just animals that are acting on instinct and that's yeah. where obviously it turns your stomach a bit because it's people getting a kick out of watching something yeah. that's and really suffering edit, yeah you could edit it though this is my point i'm not saying it don't show what they do for entertainment but you can mm. edit it in such a way that you get clips of the animals being in there and then you can film the crowd reaction. You don't have to fucking yeah, show it. And it doesn't have to link it. And you are right, that sequence goes on for about two minutes. And yeah. for, for, for what purpose other than to be there to shock? Um, mm. And I, I, I just don't I don't agree with that. I don't, and that mm-hmm. might, people maybe listening to this might think that's a pussy answer, but I don't give a flying well, fuck. Well, the thing is, Duncan, I agree with you because although it does tap into kind of your basing, you know, one of your sort of base almost lizard instincts as a human to watch, you know, because it, I can see why people are entertained by it because I enjoy watching fighting. On oh, because I'm the same. I'm a big fan of the UFC. The you UFC. Know, I watch it, yeah, the boxing if the boxing's on. And, and you I know, think I, it I, is... I love, I love combat. Yeah, of course. And I think it is easy to kind of get caught up in that and enjoy, you know, just the thing of watching like two things kind of fight against each other. But you've got to kind of strip it back and say, yeah, all right. And, you know, this is just natural and it is just two animals kind of doing their thing. But they're really fucking suffering. Do you know what I mean? They're like, they've been deliberately put together. It's different, isn't it? If something's happening out in the wild. If it was a documentary, yeah. If it was a a, David. But, you know, just. Documentary where you had a mongoose and a snake. And, you know, the mongoose was hunting down the snake or came across the snake and they filmed that. I understand the purpose of that. Yeah, and but doing it that's for, just for human gratification yeah. and entertainment. It's yeah. like, you know, I can I can see why it's easy to get caught up in the crowd, you know, the, the in the moment of watching that and thinking it's good, you know, a bit entertaining. But, it, you know, it's not. It's fucking horrible. Like, and, yeah. you know, you just need to kind of almost have a, have a think about what you're watching and kind mm. of dissect it a little bit and yeah it's it's fucking horrible and you've got the cockfighting as well which doesn't seem as barbaric but i know when people use cockfighting like nowadays they put like razor blades on their feet and stuff as well yeah yeah so that's I think, which is horrendous as well yeah, yeah which i don't think they've done in this um but again you know it's just it's just purely for human entertainment and that's there they're the kind of two prolonged ones that are a bit kind of difficult to watch um the other things are, are, are just things being killed fairly quickly um i mean you've you've basically got the from um, faces of death the the fake monkey brain scene from faces of death that's you right yep. you get the real version of it here yeah. don't you and it's and it, it looked pretty genuine to me i mean there is i think uh it could have been that the camera cut away, but I genuinely think that was real. I don't know about you. I know. I think it is. I think I did a bit of reading around, and it was a real monkey. So, 
Okay. Um, but again, it's not suffered, but it is pretty gross that they, you know, just cap its cap its skull off and eat the brains. Um, and you've got a goat having its throat cut. Um, they kill a crocodile, presumably, to eat it. And I think there is a, another thing as well, but I couldn't remember all of them. Yeah. But, which, is yeah. A, which is a laundry list, you know what I mean? This is... <laughs> it's a lot of stuff. It is, it's a lot, and it's crammed in here. And the, the, the thing about it is, like, the... The version that was eventually released in the UK, not the version that's coming up, which I think may be uncut. I'm not entirely sure. Um, the one that 88 Films are putting out, I don't know if that is the official uncut version. But the version we watched was the uncut version, which is on YouTube mm. in its entirety. Uh, of course it is. Um, but the the version that was released in the UK in the interim cut out all the vi- uh, animal violence. So it took about three minutes of the movie out. And yeah. I imagine, I was thinking to myself, if you take those three minutes out of this movie, is the movie that offensive? Probably not. Uh, Not really. There's a couple of scenes towards the end, but there's a hell of a lot. It's basically more of a romance movie, this. Literally, like we were joking, but it it is the story of Dances with Wolves. It's a guy that gets kind of thrown together with a tribe kind of earns his earns their respect and then falls in love with one of the tribe's women and then kind of turns his back on the Western civilization and fights against other people. It's so, like, it's such an almost cliche story now, but bear in mind, this is probably a good 15 years before yeah. um, Dances with Wolves. Well, that's the main... Sorry? I was going to say, he kills his, his wife, who eventually marries. He kills her fiancé. Um, and then it's kind of... You know, he's, it, it kind of looked like he's going to get a wee bit of punishment for it, and then, then she, like, she's always she's been in love with him since they met. So then she's going to marry them, and the tribe accept him, and then he's going to, like they say there, you know, help protect the village from a, a vicious cannibal tribe, um, and but it really does. There is even the music. The music is very mondo music, if you know what I mean. It's very kind of whimsical yeah. and very set in a way where you do kind of feel like especially when it's over the romance sequences you kind of mm. get yourself swept up and you're like what the and then two seconds later you're seeing a fucking mongoose and a snake fight and you're like what sort of fucking weird bizarre edit is this and it just mm-hmm. it's it's a fairly the thing about it is a, a, say what you want Umberto Lindsay can direct because the movie for 1972 is fairly well shot uh, I thought it's pretty it was, competent. Yeah, yeah, and I thought the acting was actually of a, a fairly high standard. Our main, our main man, our main character, the photographer, is not a bad actor. He's not amazing, mm-hmm. but by kind of schlocky nineteen seventy two sort of B movie standards, it's actually pretty good. Um, There's some mental dialogue, right? Oh yeah. He's- <laughs> He's only been there about 24 hours and he goes, oh my God, when will this nightmare end? So you've only just got there. You're in for, you're in for some shit, mate. This is going to go on for a while. He's got um, this inner monologue where he's, when he's strapped to the table and he's dehydrated and he's like, don't fall asleep. Oh my God, I wish the sun would go away. If only I had some water. Like it's not, water. What do you mean don't fall asleep? You're not in Nightmare on Elm Street. You can fall asleep if you want. Like, that's not a problem. Like he teaches the tribe. Like he falls in love with the tribeswoman, doesn't he? Because she I think she's like fascinated by a white guy. Yeah. And like she, he teaches her to speak English in about a week, oh, which is I know. mental. 
Well, when he's and explaining like, to her stuff and he explains he's explaining different things and then he eventually mentions a card now he's already mentioned a couple of, yeah, he's already uh, mentioned he's, a couple of things uh, which yeah I, I was about honestly I had coffee coming out my nose um, but I, I thought this was hilarious because basically she goes, he goes he tries to explain what a car is and he goes oh it's a box that makes noise and then he's like I don't That's think you'd understand and I'm like that I'm fairly sure she knows what a box is and I'm fairly sure she knows what a noise is I just yeah. think you're well, explaining say, it like a dick. <laughs> I think the reason she doesn't understand what a car is, mate, is because a week ago she couldn't speak English. So she doesn't know what, <laughs> she's never heard of it before. That's why she doesn't know what a car is. There's loads of stuff she doesn't know what it is because she can't speak English. Mental. A box that makes a noise. And he's like, I don't think you'll understand this. I don't like that. Fucking. Right. If you're, gonna, if you're going to use that, if you're going to describe it like that, of course she's not going to understand what it is, you yeah. fucking retard. You're better off saying it's a boat. It's a, it's a road boat with wheels, mate, is what it is. <laughs> hey, road boat with wheels. He says that as well. Like, you're right, she's learned English in a week. Has he learned how to speak the tribe language in a week? I think she's smarter than him. I think she's smarter than him. And the old woman, who in, inexplicably seems to know English as well. No, she's a missionary. She, she, oh, is that why she knows? Yeah, she's she's a or she's been or she was she uh, trained under a missionary and that's why she can speak English. All right then, fair enough. Because she kind of befriends him, doesn't she, and uh, helps uh, helps him escape. It also makes me laugh as well. Like they apparently they think he's a fish man. They think he's Aquaman. <laughs> and it's like I don't think they do think you're a fish. He's like I'm not a fish. He keeps shouting I'm not a fish. And it's like they don't think you're a fish. You fucking dopey twat. They think you're a foreigner, and they don't know, and they've never seen a white guy before. They know you're not a massive, giant, blonde fish. Jesus, yeah. and, not, and they're like they're, they're just—they're not retards. They're they're just tribes yeah, people. They're just tribes people, and of course, like you—you're right. Basically, what the, what happens is, you know, he, he ends up being married to the the the, the daughter of the, the chief, and um, yeah, ultimately helps them. Uh, fend off this this cannibal tribe, and then ultimately, when it looks like he could be rescued, uh, turns down that to help rebuild the village. Basically, bringing the story. even though his wife's dead. Spoiler alert! Oops, yeah, all right. His wife dies at the end, but he. Uh, I don't know why he's staying with the tribe because she was the only hot one. So, <laughs> go back to America. There is nothing for you here. <laughs> go back. He's got a child, though. He's got a child at hey, the Take He's it with a... you. There's no life for it. <laughs> There's no life. He doesn't know what a car is. Um, yeah, teach yeah. it. It's, it's good. Though. I mean, like, you get the good... It made me laugh. Like, he, we, he did that thing where he saves the kid. There's, like, a kid choking or something, and he basically does, like, a, a do-it-yourself tracheotomy on the, on the kid, doesn't he, and mm. saves him. And the local witch doctor just throws all his tools away in a huff. Yeah, <laughs> like he just gets the arse. He's like, damn you. He's trying to like, yeah, he's trying to magic it away. And this guy just comes in and goes, no, mate, you need to open his airway. Yeah, let me do it. Um, I'm trying to think what else is funny. Oh, how mental is it? The tribe's woman, the way that she chooses who her next husband's going to be is that she like sits in a hut naked. They all walk past with like a blindfold on and reach their hand in give her a right good groping, and based on the grope, she decides which man she wants. What the fuck? Yeah. That's messy. And then, you obviously, we need to we need to tackle the fact that we are returning to the, the subject of rape. Uh, when yeah. this woman gets a train run, run on her, pretty much. 
Just after losing her husband as well. Yeah, pretty, pretty, you know, not cool, Andy. I'm just going to put not, that out there. Um, it's not cool. You, you're grieving for your dead husband. Hang on a minute. We just, these guys all want to go. Right, can I grieve? I'm in mourning. No, no, no chance. Get your legs open, they are, and they just go wild on. I mean, it's not a particularly like horrendous, disturbing rape because she just kind of lays there and doesn't react, which I suppose yeah. is quite disturbing. But it's not like I spit on your grave where she's obviously in a lot of distress. I think she just kind of thinks, oh, fuck it, this has got to happen now then, hasn't it? Yeah. And she just kind of gets on with it. But, yeah, I mean, it's pretty brutal. And it's not the, I wouldn't say it's on par with the cannibal holocaust-type rape, but, again, I think, the, for me, like what makes rape quite brutal is the reaction of the victim, and she isn't really reacting. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's still pretty horrendous all the same, and it's still a rape in a movie that apparently is, is not that bad compared to Evil Speak. So. Yeah, I, I don't get it right yeah well let's let's tackle that then because I, there's not much else I want to say about the movie right so in terms of in terms of grades um, this one to me because uh, see I didn't find it as bad as can, I still don't find it as, in terms of powerful as Cannibal Holocaust but I do nothing nothing's yeah, going to uh, yeah. nothing's going to get top that um, so probably go uh, community service I think community mm. service for this movie because of the animal violence more than anything, um, and yeah, I, well, let me let me open the floor for you to give your grade first, and then we will discuss the the, the topic that is of most interest to me, um, which is why is this on the non prosecuted list? So where do you come in with your grade? Yeah, I'm the same with community service. I mean, some of the sort of violence towards people. Um, isn't I mean, we, we've talked about the gang rape. Um, there's a bit where the neighbouring tribe invade and they kind of rape a woman and then sort of tear her up and eat her, which yeah. sounds a lot worse than it actually is. It's not yeah, really yeah. that, not really that bad. Um, you've got like a scene where he's kind of tied up and spun around and he gets blow darts shot at him, which is I suppose could be considered torture. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a bit, it's almost laughable, really. It's just a bit ridiculous because yeah, that, that that bit had me in stitches. I thought that was fucking yeah. hilarious. Which is obviously it was not the idea. It's not meant to have you cracking up, like is this, it? Um, this, this is the worst glory hole ever. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Um, and then there's like a couple of guys. Well, I think they're meant to be like war criminals. I'm not really sure what they've done. Um, they get their tongues cut off, mm-hmm. um, and then they just seem to die, which made me think I wasn't sure because he goes murderers, and I thought, well, yeah, they haven't killed anyone. They've just cut their tongues off. But then the next minute they're like laying dead in a heap. So I yeah. made me think the scene cut. I don't know. I don't know. I don't Uh, know. It it was weird. It was weird. um, And then you get someone else have their hand cut off, and that—that's really about your lot. But yeah, the reason I'm going to um, give it community service is just the really fucking unnecessary uh, animal violence. And I don't think it was kind. I don't think it was a pussy thing for you to say there that you think that's out of order. Because I think if you if you're enjoying watching a two cocks fight, or if you're enjoying watching a cobra fight a mongoose. uh, Ask yourself what it is you're enjoying about that, because yeah. I think if you really break it down, it's 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 a you've got a fucking funny idea of what entertainment is. Um, so yeah. I'm totally with you on that. Um, should it have been on the original list? Fucking yes, it should have been. Yeah, of course, of course. There's no uh, way that this movie should not have been on that original list. Considering so some of the then? movies, well, I think I think the issue is that when the movie when the movie originally came out. 
um, they very quickly acted upon removing all the animal violence from it. Okay. So the th- there was three minutes of cuts made to the movie, um, which took out the animal violence, and then it was released. So it wasn't released in its uncut version and then banned. Ah. It was released, then edited, then banned. So right. the, And one has to ask themselves... Why, when you take the animal violence out of this movie, would then someone deem it as being a movie that needs to be banned? Because, like we've said, the majority of it then plays into... It's like a slightly more adult version of Tarzan, really. It's You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like a jungle jungle adventure, more than necessarily, a, you know, like a full-on kind of grindhouse horror exploitation movie. Um, mm. So I, I'm, I'm, not sh- I'm not sure, but w- what stuck out to me most is in its uncut format this movie is easily easily in the top 10 um in terms of of just content and violence of the prosecuted list to me it, it just yeah. makes it into probably but the number 10 spot because mm. the, the animal violence in it is so graphic and so so many throughout you know there's so many instances of it throughout this movie that mm. to me it's a no-brainer that it should be there which is the first movie out of the prosec- the non-prosecuted list sorry that we have we have looked at that I would say that all the other ones thus yeah. far have been kind of well I can kind of see I, why it's been there I think I put another one on the original list didn't I um but I think this is the first time that we've uh, yeah that we've yeah. both agreed that it's yeah, this yeah. is just bizarre and this is that weird thing because on the original bunch of movies um, they all seem to go before the board uncut mm-hmm. and now this is the second film that we've had now where it's gone to the board in its cut form yeah. um, so it's a weird one because there's there's not a lot in it um, I think it's just because it was on the cannibal bandwagon. That's the only thing I can really think. Um, I think because so, if I this think was, so as well. Yeah. If this is presented to the board minus the animal violence, there's really not a lot to get your knickers in a twist about. But, I mean, Man from Deep River probably <laughs> wouldn't have made the list. Yeah. Deep River Savages, all of a sudden people go, hang on, Savages, they, they aren't, aren't Savages cannibals, you know, and then yeah. all of a sudden it's it's a cannibal movie. But, yeah, if it went by its like pseudonym of, of Man from Deep River... Because it is just really like this weird love story about this guy. Because it's funny, you know, at the beginning, like he's with that woman who's watching a boxing match and she's absolutely horrified, isn't she? Yeah. By the, and it's like, it's only a Thai boxing match. Like, and she's really horrified and she just kind of fucks up. I think, it, I don't know if it's his girlfriend or whatever. And then like that guy that he has a fight with in the bar, I, th- I think it's meant to look like he accidentally stabbed him, but it really looks like he fucking did it on purpose, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and then the next minute, he's in the middle of the tribe. So it is almost, it's not a bad storyline, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it, it's it's been redone in Dances with Wolves, and it's been redone in Avatar. So mm-hmm. I think the story itself is actually not a bad, it's not a bad little movie, and minus the animal violence. It's a pretty, comp- you know, it's quite a watchable yeah. film. Yeah, it's, it's a bit watchable. slow. Um it's a bit slow in parts because I think it like it's the same bit for me where Avatar dips. Watching him kind of initiate himself and learn how to hunt, and it's a bit fucking boring. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what this does. Um, but yeah, it's it's not a bad little film, and you can see like totally. I mean, is this one of the first cannibal films? Is this one of the earliest ones? Um, I, I think it must have been. I think it. I think yeah. it must have been. Um, I don't think you know. I think cannibals will have been in movies before. But I think this must be the first one of the first movies which has set up that template 
which would mm. go on and be so influential to Diodato when he was doing Holocaust, and obviously on some level why Lindsay would want to return to do it in Ferox. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, a weird one. I wasn't. I, I genuinely was a bit floored when I watched it in terms of I just wasn't expecting it. I kind of rested on my laurels a little bit. Um, yeah. I kind of thought we'd seen the, the last of it, but. Uh, there you go. There you go. So that's one movie down. Uh, let's 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 take a short break, Andy, because you're up next to tell us a little about um, Delirium, and uh, mm. this could be this could be quite fun. The movie that almost never made the show. Uh, I know. <laughs> from right. 1979. So uh, shall we take a break? Yeah, let's do it. There are many mysteries in this world, and whether you believe or not believe, we gather to explore the strange and unexplained, where the paranormal is normal, and nothing tastes like chicken. We are Mysterious Boom! Exclusively on the Horophilia Network. Of podcasts. Here we have Delirium, another sort of bewildering entry on this title. It's no different from dozens of other kind of cop psycho pictures. It's not even uh, particularly well represented. I mean, there is a psycho killer in it, but that's a subplot. It's basically a, a vigilante story about an organization of mad Vietnam vets punishing criminals who've escaped justice. But I think its problem can be discerned from the back jacket copy, uh, presumably written by somebody who, apart from anything else, gets most of the names of the actors wrong. The description concludes with this sentence. Unfortunately, Charlie is out of control, killing wherever he finds a victim. Included are drowning a hitchhiker, running a pitchfork through the neck of a young farm girl and hacking to death a delivery man with a meat cleaver. Now, all of those things do happen in this film. However, they don't happen in quite the lurid, gloating last house on the left way uh, that would otherwise land it on the video nasties list. On January 27, 1973, the United States and North Vietnam signed a peace treaty, bringing to an end the senseless killing. But for some, the war didn't end. The battlefields may have changed, but the killing continues. Okay, and welcome back. So this is the second movie of this evening. It's Delirium from 1979, a.k.a. Psycho Puppet. And like Duncan said, this is the movie that nearly didn't make the show. <laughs> I wish it hadn't. I wish it hadn't, let's be honest. Um, this is, it's funny, like the movie poster actually advertises its IMDb rating of four stars on the poster. Well, like they're proud of it. It's, it's funny because it's now got a 3.9. Yeah, sorry, fellas, it's not actually four anymore. But you know what? You know when you see like when on the, when you buy a Blu-ray and they emblazon it with stars. Yeah. Sometimes four stars is a fucking high rating because it's sometimes that's the highest mark that that certain newspapers give. So yeah, I reckon I think... they went like, if we uh, if we stick four stars on there, 
not everyone knows about IMDb. It'll look like a winner. I think you're right. I think it's a, a, a bit of clever, clever marketing. Yeah, didn't work, fellas. Sorry. Um, so this is basically about a serial killer who has really bad um, Vietnam flashbacks thanks to some stock footage. Um, goes around... <laughs> goes around murdering attractive women um, in various ways and then we also get it's almost like a two for one this movie because you've got that but then we've also got like a group group of vigilantes going around sort of cleaning up the city um, of criminals and rapists it's a pretty misogynistic movie Um, it's just like you know attractive naked women being killed women that are portrayed as morons like one victim Oh god, they're fucking like it's terrible. Like one woman gets picked up basically from our guy Charlie, who's the killer, hitchhiking. First of all, he like has some weird flashback and nearly crashes the car with her in it, but that doesn't put her off. The next minute she's stripping naked right in front of him and going for a swim. He then has another weird flashback of a time that he couldn't get a boner and then like triggers her off to kill this very fucking trusting hitchhiker. Um We've like got this weird guy that looks like the principal from Back to the Future, who's like the leader of this vigilante group. And this absolutely made me pissed. I don't think this will be appreciated by any anyone else apart from my UK listeners. Um, but if anyone remembers Mastermind, yeah, uh, with with Magnus Magnuson, basically as this guy is like who they've, they've kind of caught this criminal and he's giving out this like vigilante sentence, basically saying, "I'm going to fucking sentence you to death." You've got the the mastermind music playing in the background, the which theme song, please. <laughs> stand like which on its own would have been absolutely fine, but all it does is take you back to the kid where Magnus Magnus is asking for someone what their specialist subject is, yeah. and it just fucking made me crack up because it just ruins any kind of seriousness that that scene's got mm-hmm. because it just takes us a flashback as like as, as a kid watching this game show. It's pretty funny, and anyone that I think you said it's in the trailer, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, they, they will have. They probably will have heard it already. Um, yeah, the the, tra- the trailer so, has it, and it's just, yeah, sure. oh my god, it's just like you, you're you're right. There's a, there's a build up of a bit of momentum there, and then that comes in, and then if you're if if you are in the UK and you grew up with Mastermind, it it could be it couldn't have been. They might as well have played the Benny Hill music over the top of it because <laughs> that's basically that's how much it defused it. So. Yeah. It's hilarious. Um, I mean, there's nothing too brutal here. Someone gets kind of stabbed through a neck with a pitchfork with the camera cuts away just that we don't get to see the actual fork going in. Um, I've not really got a lot else to say about this. It's not a very coherent movie. Um, It's weird. I think it kind of turns out that Charlie the Killer is the member, is a member of this vigilante group, I think. He kind of goes awry. Yeah, he's Um, like a kind of offshot of that group and he just goes rogue. Um, mm. And of course, of course, what well, you, you're missing out probably the only entertainment element of this movie, which is the police, who are fucking useless in this movie. As always, like, completely, they they make the blood feast detectives seem completely adequate and rather professional. And my favorite <laughs> bit of this movie is the fact that one of the woman's best friends has died, and the cops hitting her straight away. <laughs> yeah, you, I'm watching it going. Re- that never happened. Come on, no. dude. Fuck off. Yeah. Like, let's have a bit of respect. They're like, oh, your friend's died. Fancy a shag. That's not what they see, but that's what their eyes see, Andy. That's what their eyes yeah, see. Yeah, well, you've seen wedding crashes, haven't you? Like, And the similar thing can happen <laughs> at a few Taking advantage of people in mourning. It's just... It, right, let me... This what, movie, do you know what? It's a, bit, 
There's a good it? parallel, isn't there? Because he's she's just found out her best mate's been killed and he's hitting on her. In the mm. other movie we've just talked about, she just found out her husband's been killed and they're all going wild <laughs> on her. So what's going on? Well, what it means to me and you, Andy, is if our respective spouses were to perish in any way, we're going to be hot stuff right after it. It's putting that. Oh in. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, let me kick off here. Um, when I said at the start, this is one of the worst. Mo- this is to me one of the worst movies that we've had to cover. Um, it is poorly shot. It is terribly acted. The women in this movie may as well have been replaced with bits of wood with faces painted on them because yeah, that's how two dimensional they are. Um, it's just. There's no sense to it. It kind of wants to be a slasher movie. It kind of wants to be some sort of crime investigation movie. It should it have picked wa- one. Yeah, it should have just focused on one. Um, the, the the bald dude whose name escapes me, who's like the leader of the uh, vi- uh, vigilante Kojak. group. Kojak. Uh, yeah, the Kojak, Stem, Stem was his name. Uh, he's entertaining. He's like quite entertaining to watch. That is about it. That is a, yeah. genuinely about it. The cops are fucking horrendous. The story doesn't really make any sense, and by the end of it, it's quite difficult to piece all together exactly what you've watched. Um, mm. It's incompetent in a way which I I don't often use the word incompetent, but this movie is like is the poster boy for incompetence. You look up incompetent filmmaking in a dictionary then the, the image that comes alongside that is the image of delirium. Um, mm. It's just... It's, it's, a, a, it's a terrible fucking movie. Like, a terrible, terrible movie. And I am sorry that I asked Jeff to hunt this movie down. And I kind of <laughs> feel like I should delete it from the, the Facebook page just to avoid other people watching it. Because I know we have listeners that are hardcore and will watch every single movie with us. And I'm just yeah, going to, once again, just got to say... Don't do it. I know other movies you have like snuff and things like that. People like Andy have went out and and are determined. Andy Clark's determined to watch them, and I understand that. But this one doesn't even have the benefit of having like some sort of twist end, you know. No. Which which put, this has got nothing. There are no redeeming features at all in this mm. movie. It is fucking awful. Yeah, the bald guy's got a pair of aviators that are too big for his head. That's about yeah. your lot. That's, that's the <laughs> best thing about it. Yeah, it's it's just a it's a fucking shite movie. Is there is there anything else, Andy? It's like this could be the shortest review ever on a dynasty. But yeah. I really have next to nothing to say about it because I sat pretty much wanting to lift my phone for the whole movie so it would give me something to do other than watch the movie. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just that thing, you know, there's a, there is a quite a big handful of, probably a couple of handful of films like this that we've we've covered so far, and it does get to the point where they're so run-of-the-mill, and it is just going through the motions of making a film, and unfortunately we have to kind of go through the motions of watching it so we can do a review, but it just gets to the point where there, there's just not a lot to say about something like this, because it's just a shit film, and if we weren't doing it for the purpose, watching it for the purposes of, re- of a review, you would have just switched it off, wouldn't you? Oh god, you know, yeah, about, about five the, minutes into this movie it would have went off. I mean, you know, they could have done something, because I'm all for vigilante groups, I like it, I, lo- I love a film with a good sort of vigilante thing, and the fact that there's almost like a group of vigilantes made it quite mm-hmm. cool, and now, why couldn't it have been that there was a serial killer out there and the vigilante group were trying to track him down and there was a, a standoff at the end, you know? Yeah. That, that would have been better. Just something a little bit, you know, give us some kind of payoff. And 
all that happens at the end is our guy gets shot, you know, the bald guy's dead. I mean, because the, the guy gets shot pretty early on, doesn't he? The guy that's doing the murders. He's yeah, like, yeah. The, the serial killer's killed about 45 minutes in. Mm-hmm. So you kind of think, oh, right, okay, then, right, where's, so now where are we going? And then we just kind of get to follow these vigilante guys around and all that really happens is that, you know, the, the cops track him down and he gets killed, but you don't really care about them. Like, there's, there's, there's no payoff because we don't really know who these guys are and they're not really very interesting and you're not really behind their cause because there's not really any backstory to the people that they're, killing to clean up the streets is there so yeah there's nothing really interesting about when the guy gets sentenced to death i mean it might have had a bit more you know uh, impact if it hadn't made me piss myself laughing because of the because <laughs> of the the tv show thing you know, it was there but you know when the guy's finally killed at the end it's just it's such a non-event it's just like okay then and then the credits roll and oh cheers Th- thanks for that that's um <laughs> And that's delirium. So, yeah, I mean, there's not really a lot else to say, is there? Uh, I mean, rating-wise, I mean, yeah, I suppose, is it even a slap on the wrist? No, I dismiss this motherfucker. Get out of my corner. Right, yeah. That's what I was thinking. I didn't know if we could, if we were still kind of dismissing stuff when it's not been prosecuted, but, yeah, if we are, if we, we're still using the dismissed um, rating, then I'm giving it that. Because yeah. there is literally nothing in here. I'm I'm trying to kind of cast my mind back, and there's nothing like, even the deaths, even the, like the murders like are the, even the, tame as fuck, aren't they? Yeah, the camera pulls away on all of them. Even the pitchfork death, which when he lifted up the pitchfork, I was like, oh yeah, pitchfork death. This is going to be nope. Camera pans away, and you see the pitchfork go down, and when it comes up, there's no blood on the end of the pitchfork either. No. And, and, and the position that she's in, like that, that was aiming for her stomach as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and it ends up in the neck, so it doesn't even. It's not even realistic. It's just yeah, yeah. it's just poor, poor filmmaking. So yeah, uh, I would say that this one gets dismissed. Um, Mm -hmm. And well, I I think people can gather. We don't think it should have been on the prosecuted list. Well, shouldn't have been on the prosecuted list. It shouldn't have been on. It shouldn't have been on the non-prosecuted list either. Shouldn't have been anywhere. I I don't know what's highlighting it because there's nothing in the name that's a giveaway. Delirium. Psycho puppet. I don't even know why that's got no fucking relevance. The only thing I can think of is that he's considered a puppet because he's working for a vigilante group, and then he turns yeah. psycho. But fucking hell, that's a that's a stab in the dark. Strange, yeah, it's a straight. But I think you're probably right. I think that's the only logical thing for me. So yeah, yeah. Um, like like we've said, don't watch the movie. Just forget yeah. this one exists. Um, I obviously had some sort of premonition when I was making the original list, and that's why I never you featured knew. on it. I knew, you I knew, knew ahead of time. You just knew. Yeah. Yeah. Right, then let's uh, <laughs> let's move on then to a film that I actually quite enjoyed. I thought this one it's was this all right. One, yeah, this one was not bad. This one, I, I'm I'm not going to say that I loved it, but this one had a couple of elements which I thought were actually pretty cool. So yeah, we're yeah. going to take a short break when we come back. It's another movie from 1979. It's Don't Go in the House, Andy. Don't go in. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna Andy, go in without I, my asbestos no, suit. I think you are thinking that I'm having a little laugh here. I'm being serious. Don't go in the house. All right, I won't. Fucking Andy, hell. you're saying the words, but I can see it in your face just now. You're not taking it seriously. Listen, can I, don't can I go, go in near the house. No, you're not allowed within a mile of the house. I thought it was the park. I'm not allowed near. That's next week. Don't get confused. I can go near the house. I just won't go in it. I won't. I promise. I won't. I'll do. I might do a knock a door run. 
No, because that's you getting near. No, don't go near. Or ding dong. Go... Is it called ding dong ditch in America? I don't know. I don't, I'm, a ding dong ditch. That sounds. I hope like... I didn't. I really ding hope dong. I didn't just make that up because I'm embarrassed if I have. A, a ding dong ditch <laughs> sounds like a one night stand, like explained to a toddler. You know how? Yeah. How was I conceived, mummy? Well, mummy had a ding dong ditch. Um... <laughs> That's Unfortunately, it's better than being a rape baby, isn't it? Yeah, That's well, yeah, anything's better than that. Yeah, anything's better than that. Uh, yeah, so don't go in the house from 1979, coming up right after this. Well, Gary, here we are. Somehow uh, we made it through here. What? Where? Uh, we're, we're in the sequel, of course. Sequel? What sequel? Well, Sloppy Seconds, the movie sequel podcast. Come on, get with it. Oh, that's right. Our podcast is exclusively about sequels, where the budget is well, bigger. we don't actually have a budget. Get away from her, you bitch! But the action's more exciting? Uh, I don't know much about action. Hey, you got a light? Sure, man. Allow me, scum. The babes are hotter? Wait, there's babes involved? How about some of this? So tasty and hard and firm that it just melts in your mouth. Do the kills get gorier and more extreme? Uh, kills? Did we talk about this? Uh, never mind. So find Sloppy Seconds, the movie sequel podcast, exclusively on the Horror Network. Because when all other podcasts are through, we're already thinking about part two. Don't go in the house. In a steel room built for revenge, they die burning in chains. Now that's a come on, if ever there was one. Don't go in the house, one of my favourite American horror films from the late 70s, early 80s era when, you know, there were so many of them being made. Also one of the most reviled. So many bad reviews. Um, I interviewed the director, Joseph Ellison, and he said uh, he could, he said when it came out, he could count the review, the good reviews on one hand easily. And he said, but the bad reviews were vehement. They were so anti the film. I think Robin Wood, you know, the esteemed Robin Wood, uh, said... Um, don't go in the house can be said to represent the slasher cycle at its most debased. In this house, 25 years ago, a child was given life. Donald, come here. He was raised in isolation. You're a bad boy. Instructed in fear. You're evil and you must be punished. Imprisoned by a tormented mind. Your father let you do things like that, but he's gone now. And baptized in flames. Now. He has come of age. His suffering has ended. And ours is about to begin. You hear that, old lady? I'll punish you again! If you would be spared from the fury of his vengeance, <laughs> whatever you do, don't go in the house. And welcome back. So it's the final movie review of episode number 16 of Doing the Nasty from 1979. This is Don't Go In The House. Directed by Joseph Ellison. Um, the synopsis is listed on IMDb for this one. A disturbed young man who was burned as a child by his sadistic mother, stalks woman with a flamethrower. I'm just going to say just now, could be my favourite weapon ever used in a, in a horror movie thus far. Awesome, and the suit. Like he, he, he's got a, basically a kill room. It's just a metal room, like mm-hmm. a giant furnace. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah. So this movie, the thing that lets this movie down for me, um, is there's two things. Like one, the acting is pretty poor. Mm. Like the acting is like pretty poor. 
The second thing, the soundtrack is terrible. The sim- the disco soundtrack is fucking awful. Out with yeah. that, I actually found this movie quite cool. Um, so yeah, basically we have a we the movie starts off at a, a, what I assume is either a smelting plant or a glass making plant, um, and this guy's colleague gets caught in flames, goes up in flames, and everyone is shouting at him, why is he not helping them put out the f- flames? It kind of freezes, um, mm. and then he walks out the room. And I'm just going to say right now, this movie, I sent you a message about this, this movie, in the f- a space of five minutes, and I'm just going to say that the word I'm about to use is used in the movie, it's not a word that I like, um, but he's referred to as a faggot, um, which yeah. is a word that's flung around five times in the space of a minute. Which I was mm. like, oh right, we are we are in the nineteen seventies, um, well and truly Absolutely, in the seventies. Yeah. Um, so basically, this guy goes home to his mother, and um, he finds his mother dead. And we then kind of, I kind of thought the movie was going to go a bit like Psycho. In fact, from the start, I thought yeah. the movie was going to be like Psycho, and it isn't because his mind kind of snaps a little bit. It kind of owes more to something like, and this is a loose connection, but have you seen Session 9? Yeah. Right, you know in Session 9, through the tapes, they talk about Simon, and Simon is the the part of the killer that is taken over when extreme trauma happens to him. So that yeah, takes yeah. over. It's kind of like that. So basically when mm. our main character casts his mind back to what can only be described as physical and mental torture of his mother who believed yeah. she was a fairly religious woman believed evil was in him would hold his hands over flames from a stove mm. which is fucking insane so he's scarred he's yeah. got scar tissue on his arms but basically when she dies um, this dude hears voices which he assumes are coming from the house basically telling him what to do that he's free and basically what he has to do so he then starts bringing women home and once he gets the woman home, he well the first one he brings home is a florist, um, who he then whacks over the head with a like a metal ornament. Then we see her in this what I first thought was like a giant refrigerated walking, like butcher's freezer. It's this mm. giant metal room. He goes upstairs to a box. When he comes in the room, he's kitted out in a full flame retardant suit and a flamethrower and flames the bitch. Like fucking burns are to a crisp. Flombeza. Complete flombe. And I was like, I was like, oh, right. Because there was some some full on female nudity. I was like, I, I, I dig where this is going. And then she was burnt to <laughs> a crisp. And I was like, that's a waste. That is a yeah. waste unless you intend to eat her. Were you hoping he rape her first? Was that, was that no, Andy. I, listen, <laughs> just because I do a show that has a lot of rape in it does not mean that I hope for rape in my movies. I just kind of thought, oh, right, I don't right. know, I kind of thought she would get her hands off there, a pole would come down from the ceiling, she'd break into a dance with that disco music going, maybe a bit. And then you burn her alive. All right, then yeah, she would burn her alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's clearly, Funny. clearly the sort of misogynist that I am doing a, a podcast like this. Um, but yeah, so basically she gets she gets burned, she dies, and then he, we kind of follow him throughout the movie, having a crisis of faith, trying to understand why his mother was so religious because if she was so religious why you know if she believed in all these things why would she hurt him um, we get a great scene where he buys some clothes and goes out to a disco is dancing with a woman who's pulling his arms which causes a flashback and he grabs a candle and fl- <laughs> he 
he grabs a candle and hadoukens her in the face with it. Which oh, is and her hair's on fire for ages. Yeah, her hair goes on fire. Everyone looks at her running around with her hair on fire. She doesn't try and put it out. Everyone surrounding her has liquid. No yeah, one thinks yeah. about throwing it on her. It and is then, alcohol, though. Yeah, well, you would imagine it was alcohol with a mixer, so it might not be as flame flammable sorry as a do you know what would have put she should have got she should have um done a head spin that would have put it out <laughs> break dance she broke out a break yeah. dance and head spin i don't but, know we're a bit early for that i think that's too early in the century is it for that <laughs> so so basically he walks out his friend is mortified because obviously he's now no longer going to get his hole by the way that's a scottish term for riding or shagging um, he's, he's not going to get his hole because he's, his date's friend is now in flames um, someone lets the brother know and the brother chases uh, this guy out and they have what can only be described as the worst fist fight I've seen in a while uh, yeah. and uh, like this dude's fucking laying into him and are we guys? That's how I imagine a fist fight would go if I had one. That I'd like go <laughs> wild for about five minutes, and the bloke would get a not a mark on him. I'd be like, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" Well, it's like he was going wild on him, right? Like, like totally wild on him. The dude on the ground, that our, our killer, kind of throws up one punch, but that's enough to knock this guy over and put him down. And I'm like, "There's yeah. a disconnect here. He's a weedy little guy who's just been pummeled for five minutes." No sense. So he's driving back, picks up a couple of women who are apparently comfortable to get into a car with a guy that looks like he's just come out of a fight. He takes <laughs> them back to the house. Um, and meanwhile, the priest is trying to save things. So the priest shows up at the house. The priest is walking up the stairs. I love this. The priest is walking up the stairs. And then as he's walking up the stairs, the, the flamethrowing guy comes around the corner, sets him on fire, then basically kills the two women... And then in a scene which I can only describe as being very reminiscent to the end of the Maniac remake, the corpse Oh my god. It yeah, really totally. is, isn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, the thing is, isn't the original Maniac, don't, doesn't a similar thing happen in that? Yeah, but it's not, I, th- I, th- I want to say that it's not as blatantly obvious as the remake. You know, the remake yeah. pl- puts quite, but even then if you take that as being... Well, there, there you go. Even that has been an idea of a similar theme. Maniac mm. came after this movie. This movie is 79, yeah, totally. Maniac's 1980. So, yep. And they're both shot in New York, so mm. you don't know how much has influenced what movie or, or, or what not. But, but yeah, all the, the burnt copses come back and basically torment him to the point that he sets the house on fire, killing himself. And then we cut to a scene where this wee kid is sitting there, more interested in his handheld computer game or whatever it is you had portable I don't even think it was that because this is 1979 his mum shouts at him twice and then talk about the most over over uh, reaction from a parent to a child ever she comes through and because he wasn't listening she smacks the fucking shit out of this little kid and who is he? he's just another kid he's just a random right. kid so it's just okay. like, basically I think this is t- to set up the idea of of basically our main character has so like through extreme extreme trauma the voice comes to this kid to basically tell him things will be okay um, right so setting up this idea of another kid tortured by a parent this kind of it's up to you whether you want to say it's a supernatural voice or it's a voice within his head that basically is this idea of you know uh, kind of 
parental abuse on a child breeds a killer. Um, and it doesn't see you killers, actually. There's, there's a lot of evidence of that. Um, there but is, yeah. yeah. It's, 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 like I say, for the most part, I thought a lot of this movie was pretty cool. I liked the idea of the killer with the flamethrower. I liked the, the kind of nods to things like Psycho. I liked the ambiguity at first of whether the house is possessed, like Amityville, mm. or, or whether or not this is, you know, him kind of filling in with this voice um, I thought the, the, there was a lot of it that was actually handled really well, I thought the score was very off-putting, I could not get my head round, what this needed was a really dirty, gritty synth score, like a really kind of nasty sounding synth score, it didn't need full-blown disco, which a lot of this movie had and the acting yeah. is fairly off-putting our main character especially his acting is pretty fucking bad out with that though, pretty fucking cool slasher movie. Um, yeah. I, you know, it's it's it it does now that we've made that Maniac comparison. Obviously, as a precursor to movies like Maniac. Um, mm. And yeah, so what did you think? You know, what cracked me up right in the first ten minutes. <laughs> is that when he first discovers that his mum's dead? Uh-huh. Initially, initially, he's absolutely devastated. Right, and then I imagine a little voice in his head going, but she was a bitch to you. And then cut to him cranking up his music and literally jumping around the house, <laughs> dancing on the furniture, smoking, having a drink, like literally celebrating because his mum's dead and he's free of her. And that just really made me laugh. It's almost yeah. like he had the realisation that, oh God, mum's dead. Mum's brilliant. Like, and he just fucking loves it. Um, yeah, because she was fucking horrible to him. Like, you know, we find yeah. that we don't. I don't think we know at that point that you know he's um, that she's like, been burning his hands on the stove and something. It's not kind of until you realise that that you almost see the the amusement in that that he's like initially devastated and then he's over the fucking moon. Yeah. Um, totally borrows a lot of stuff from other films. Uh, what year is this? Eighty something. Hey, this is seventy nine. Right, so I mean, for me, like it's just it's a whole kind of combination of driller killer, maniac, taxi driver, Saturday yeah. Night Fever, mm-hmm. psycho, kind of all rolled into one. Um, I thought the first kill was pretty brutal with the woman because he oh, like yeah. he said he um I mean it's, she obviously knows she's in the shit because she's hanging in a big metal room and then a fella in a massive flame retardant suit walks in but he doesn't just flame through her he douses her in petrol first so she kind of yeah. knows what's coming which is pretty brutal I don't know if you've ever seen any stuff of people being like set on fire I don't understand this thing of um, the Tibetan monks that set themselves oh, yeah, on yeah. fire yeah. as a protest I think hang on a minute you, you're going to set yourself on fire <laughs> why is that a threat because like, you know, can't, can't, me, but they can't harm anything else they're 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 Buddhists, so they can't harm anything else. The only thing they can harm is themselves. But it's mental, right? If someone went to me, right, Andy, if you don't give me £10,000, I'm going to set myself on fire. I'd go, go on then. Why yeah, aren't I? Yeah, you're, you're putting... Just you're keep putting... away from my house, yeah? Because so, I don't want to have to be making an insurance claim. Yeah, just like, it's, it's a pretty mental thing, isn't it, like, to do that? And I've seen a video once of a guy in South Africa that got set on fire for ste- apparently for stealing potatoes. I don't know what the real reason was, mm-hmm. but it, yeah, it's fucking uh, like horrendous. And um, apparently, you um, you probably ch- uh, suffocate before anything else because you can't breathe because any yeah. oxygen is just I, being eaten up yeah, by the gone, fire. Yeah, it's gone. So you you pass out from that first. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty horrendous. There's a guy, um, there's there's one monk that did it where he kind of literally is pouring himself 
like it's weird because he tells a journalist he's going to do it and then the journalist comes to film him do it and obviously there was a massive argument at the time that the journalist was almost um, an accessory to his yeah. death because he knew that he was going to do it and he did nothing to stop him and that's brutal because they they put him out with like water and stuff and he's just kind of walking around he's he's a he's a kind of a an asian a dark skinned asian guy and he's fucking white by the time he's been set on fire and they put him out like literally his arms are completely white it's brutal mm-hmm. um so yeah it's just a fucking horrendous way to go so it's actually pretty awful that first um that first kill unfortunately ruined by some really bad early cgi fire yeah which, to be honest, ironically, looks better than the CGI fire you see in modern films. No, yeah, yeah. It's because it's Which because it's, because they've overlaid be, it, haven't they? Yeah, they, they've overlaid fire, like footage of fire there, whereas modern CGI is computerized fire, which doesn't look right. Yeah, exactly. So that's weird. It's like actually better than today's stuff. Um, his hallucinations that he has are pretty terrifying because what he does. Once he's like crisp somebody up, he um, takes the the charred body and he kind of keeps it in the bedroom, along with his dead mum's body, mm-hmm. um, which is where kind of the, the the similarity to Psycho is. But also, I mean, like you say, because Maniac was shot very similar time frame in the same city, I kind of don't know who stole ideas from who, but it's a very yeah. similar thing to Maniac there of keeping the bodies, um, you're kind of all in a room and then having hallucinations that the bodies are kind of coming back to get you, um, which I thought was great. Um, the ending I think is awesome uh, I love the fact that these things just start to come to life and it's great because it's obviously like bodies in kind of bear makeup but it, they look almost like weird kind of zombies it's great and they start sort of getting up and chasing them around the house mm-hmm. um, and I love the idea that in his ma- in, in kind of his frenzy to kind of, to stop you know these hallucinations well, not obviously to him it's completely real so to stop these like weird zombie corpses coming towards him he, he launches his flamethrower which then obviously burns the house down and it's almost yeah. like a perfect ending there. He sort of kills himself by the method that he's using to kill other people. Mm-hmm. So it's a really kind of fitting end as well. So yeah, it's, it's pretty decent. So this is definitely the um, the best film of the three. Oh, God, I probably quite a bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, a, a couple more murders would have probably come in quite well, but I don't think it would have really fitted because the, the thing is he has to get people back to his house yeah. to kill them so it's not like he's sort of a slaw you know like a Jason Voorhees where he's just picking people off one by one you know he's got to lure people back to his house first so I think any more kills and it would have been a bit unrealistic but I do like the whole concept because it looks pretty terrifying when he walks in with that suit on doesn't it it's quite an imposing figure you know a guy yeah, in a, in I, yeah a, it's, it's quite it's because it's so fucking like it's so unnatural you know mm. I mean, most people would never see anyone walk around in a flame retardant suit before. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so unnatural, and you, when you put it in this idea context of an old house, as well, yeah. it's incredibly creepy. And there's that weird thing where, like, some people are not going to know what he's dressed as, almost. So the threat's not the imminent threat is not going to be that as apparent. Whereas some people are going to realise exactly what that is straight away and think, "Oh fuck." Yeah, like he's in a flame retardant suit I'm fucked you know and it's that kind of horrible thing where you know the person knows their fate and I think that's really cool yeah yeah I think yeah it's not I, like, I take it so something like, I take it my criticisms don't bother you as much as they bother me then like in terms of like the j- just the general acting and the score weren't as big issues for you then 
Um, it did make me laugh with the disco thing because I just thought he's just trying to be like Saturday Night Fever and it did seem a bit out of place because I can understand the disco music in the disco but the disco yeah. music kind of creeps in in really odd times I think just because <coughs> of the um, the feel of the film it didn't bother me that much I'm not really expecting that good acting um, I didn't think he was that bad um, everyone else was pretty terrible um, but I just kind of, I don't know, almost just saw it for what it was. I think immediately any of these films that start with the word don't, after watching Don't Go in the Woods Alone, I'm not expecting anything from them, to be yeah. honest. So like, <laughs> yeah. You know, if if it is a fairly decent film that I actually didn't mind sitting through, I just kind of think, oh, yeah, not bad. I totally understand your criticisms. Yeah, I'm t- I totally, uh, you know, I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah, the, you know, the acting is not very good um this is just weird because it's got that gritty kind of taxi driver maniac sort of gritty new york feel but with really happy jivey disco music yeah. which is almost that weird mondo thing isn't it where the music doesn't match with what's going on on the screen but i don't think it was it's not done in the deliberate mondo style i think the guy was just coining in on the fact that the 70s was a big disco era and he just couldn't help himself he thought i've got to feature that in my movie and that's yeah. what he did yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Where, where do you come in in terms of your grade for this one? Um, because that first kill is pretty brutal, I'm just going to give it a slap on the wrist. I'm the same. Um, again, it's like, like what we were saying with the rape. It's it's the the way the victim acts, isn't it? And if the victim can't convince me that she's in any kind of distress, then I'm not. I don't really give a shit. But the victim did a pretty good job of, of convincing me that she was in distress, especially when he starts tipping petrol on her because there's no disguising. Everyone knows what petrol smells like. So as soon as he starts covering in that petrol, she knows what's coming. And, yeah, it's pretty fucking brutal. So for that, and for that alone, because there are no other deaths really after that, are there? There aren't that. The, the first kill that we get to see, the rest of it is just kind of, you know, telling the viewer, you've seen what he does. We don't really need to show you it again. So there is only one really brutal bit, and that's that's sort of about a thirty-minute mark. Um, so yeah, slap on the wrist for that. Um, should it have been on the original list? What do you think? I don't think so. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of I I would probably agree with where it is just now. I think non-prosecuted list kind of makes sense to me uh, for the reasons we've already stated. Um, I I would definitely say of the three yeah, movies, I mean, it's the best buy quite a bit. It's one I would recommend for people to check yeah. out definitely. It's worth watching. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can and yeah, I can kind of see why people are, you know, why the censors can't, you know, why they considered it to be uh, prosecuted because you know it's about a guy that lures people back to his house, puts them in his homemade fucking oven that he's, you know, like he's basically made a room that's metal so he can set fire and, and not cause any damage. So like the concept is pretty is pretty fucked up, but again, the delivery because of, like the things, the reasons Duncan said, the acting and the score and stuff. It's just never that disturbing. Um, but yeah, I can imagine why White House got a knickers in the twist about something like this. It is a bit creepy. But um, again, you know, it's that thing where we compare it to some of the other films that did make the list and you just think, why? Why? You know, what the fuck? But I think tonight is really kind of a prime example of that there isn't really any logic to these lists. You know, there's stuff on the list, the original list that should never have been on there. And then we've got stuff on this list that should have been on the other list and is far worse than some of the other stuff. It's, it's, I don't think I'm ever going to get to the point where I've got any kind of closure on this. I'm always, it's always going to like blow my mind, I think, just because it is, it's just so bizarre, you know, that the whole thing that it's, it's pretty incoherent. If you sat down today and dissected this fucking list of ours, 
it is just a massive jumble and it doesn't really make sense and yeah uh, you know this kind of film because there's some films where we think surely they only saw the first five minutes or one particular scene but i can't you know then what what about this because nothing really happens for the first 30 minutes yeah. so this must have been one of them ones where they literally pinpointed maybe the first murder because the name isn't even that bad is it don't go in the house i mean okay it's a bit sinister, but it's not it's nothing that kind of jumps out at you yeah you know it's i don't know it's it's an odd one so um yeah, I agree with the recommendation. Definitely check it out. But you know, it's it's nothing. Uh, you know, it's pretty it's pretty tame to be honest. This films go. Yeah, well, um, what we're going to do right now, Andy, is we're going to take a very short break. We're going to return and close out episode sixteen right after this. The Nanolaser is filmed in front of a live studio audience. Hey, Wazell, I think we should record a new ad for Banana Laser. Great idea, Dave. We should say that Banana Laser Horror Podcast is hosted by us and Alex. What? I heard my name. I think we should talk about the retrospectives. They've been a pretty big hit. Fucking Friday the 13th, Saw, Halloween retrospective. Yeah, man. I've heard people listen to that Halloween retrospective every October like it's tradition. Yeah, you don't say. Well, I shouldn't be surprised. I do, too. You listen to your own podcast? Yeah, uh, our shit is that damn good. Yeah, man, we should also say in the ad we hope to introduce horror fans to something new, whether it's a movie they haven't heard of or look at other films in a new way. Yeah, we could talk about our walking through the 80s specials we did when we covered the 80s movies. We could talk about rolling through the 70s. We could talk about you doing mushrooms. (laughs) Yeah, we can. Are you writing this down? Writing? What are you two talking about? Yeah, and the ad should say all the technical stuff, too. Like, you can find our show and its full archive on horrorphilia.com, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube. Um, is there anything else? I don't think so. I think that's... Oh, hold on. We can talk about uh, Banana Bites, because no one else does it. It's uh, the in-between episodes. Yeah, all about horror news releases, and, of course, with our witty opinions and observations. Ugh. Yeah, shit. Perfect, man. I think that should do it. This new ad for Banana Laser is going to be awesome. Oh, that's what you guys are talking about. Can I be on it? No. no. Banana Laser wins every time. And welcome back. So you've been listening to Doing the Nasty episode 16. We reviewed Deep River Savages. We also did Delirium. And, of course, finished off with Don't Go in the House. Um, a, a show of ups and... Well, up and downs. Um, a really, really weird one, like Andy was saying just before the break. Uh, yeah, I think I'm the same as you. I don't think I'll ever be able to get my head around all of these. Um, however, next week is a little bit something special. Because it's not often from doing this list that we get to talk about the heavy hitters, the big names and this one that uh, is coming up next week is arguably the most famous movie on the list not for any other reason than it it, it, it was the one that fought back quite vehemently and, uh, and it became very high profile and it's become a a cult movie which uh, is still talked about today. In fact, there's a TV show based on uh, this movie coming out this Halloween. Um, So, Andy, would you like to tell the listeners what we will be discussing on the next episode of Doing the Nasty? All right, let me just tell you the first two movies. First of all, we've got Don't Go Near the Park and Don't Look in the Basement. I don't know about you, I'm fucking sick of these films telling me what to do. I'm a fucking grown adult, for God's sake. And then we have... 
The Evil Dead, which, oh. to be honest, being added being added to the list of initially 72 movies considered for prosecution was the best publicity this movie could have ever gotten. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, everyone knows this movie. I think um, if you don't know The Evil Dead, come on, <laughs> this is a horror <laughs> podcast. You must know The Evil Dead. You must know the sequels. Um, surely you know the remake, which I actually really enjoyed for the first time a couple of weeks ago, um, and Ash versus Evil Dead. So, you know, this is a franchise that 30, 35, almost 35 years later is still going, um, and this is the one that started it all. So I can't wait to crack open my Blu-ray and uh, have a rewatch of this one. And and you only did you only watch the remake for the first time recently? I watched the remake for the third time recently, but enjoyed the shit out of it. Third time lucky. First time I think I was expecting just something different. Um the second time I watched it within a couple of weeks and I thought, no, it's alright, it's not that bad. Um and then I bought it on Blu-ray and now so we're probably talking about a year later now. Um Saw it for a few quid on uh, on Amazon. It was about three or four quid second hand. I thought, I'm just going to buy that and, and give it one more go. I absolutely fucking loved it. I thought it was fantastic. But I think it's because I wasn't comparing it to the first one anymore. And I yeah. knew what to expect. And I thought it was a fucking great film. Um, so now I'm really looking forward to going and checking out the original again. So it's been a good couple of years. Um, so, yeah, I, I really can't wait. And I can't wait to talk about it as well. Not really sure why it's on the list because I think it's got to be the demonic aspect it's got to be but obviously we'll get into that next week yeah yeah uh, definitely definitely um yeah the, i saw the remake at the cinema and it was one of the most fun cinema experiences that i've ever had in my entire life i was like at the end of that movie when the sky started raining blood i was like you have given me more practical effects than i thought i would ever see in a movie in this day and age and i applaud you um so yeah i can't, I can't wait now, watching it now Mm-hmm. Watching it now, I don't understand why I didn't like it. I'm I'm almost a bit confused. I think why why didn't I like that? It's it's fucking awesome. I think right. Do you know what it was? I think I wanted a lot more of the demonic shit of them crawling around the ceiling, come back dead. And I think it was because once they died, that was kind of it. And I was expecting almost more demonic stuff. But I love now the realism of these kind of creatures that they just fucking go mental at someone. You know, and like when when she's fucking stabbing the guy and like cutting her wrist, and I, I, it's, I absolutely fucking loved it. And I don't know why I didn't like it the first time, but I'm really glad I revisited it. Um, yeah, and I can imagine at the cinema it would have been fucking amazing. Yeah, that's like I've always said. A mood plays a lot into mood and expectation play a lot into how everyone views cinema. Um, like sometimes you can watch a movie, and if you're just not in the right mood for it, it just doesn't resonate with you. So it will be it will be really cool. I'm in the same boat as you. I have not seen the original in a good couple of years, so I'm looking forward to doing that. And obviously, two don't movies as well. So uh, we will be back for episode 17 in two weeks' time. And remember, you can listen to me on the podcast Under the Stairs, which is part of the Legion Podcast Network. You can check it out on the website, podcastunderthestairs.wordpress.com. It's also on iTunes and Stitcher Smart Radio. And you can be listened to at the big horror and little podcast. We're on a hiatus just now, but you can check out the back episodes on Legion Podcast Network. We will be back for episode 17 in two weeks' time. Um, Until then, Andy, would you like to say goodbye to our listeners? Bye! Bye! They were called nasties, and they were nasty. Some of the things that we've seen 
are so horrific. These films not only affect young people, but I believe they affect adults as well. An extravaganza of gory violence, capable of depraving and corrupting those who watched it. I have never seen a video, mister. I wouldn't. I actually don't need to see what I know is in that film.